0: okay hi everyone it's good to be here Um, I want to preach tonight on a message called fresh hope fresh hope and I just got this yesterday and this morning, so it's fresh. It's fresh bread, all right. <laughs> fresh bread. I like to have something fresh. Making me hungry. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. Okay. It's always good to have fresh things. There's nothing worse than something stale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you go to get a, you know, sometimes you go in the morning get a piece of toast, better of bread to make a piece of toast or something, and it's just mold all over it. You know, You know, stale bread, and moldy bread is not good. And uh, fresh fruit, fresh veggies, fresh food, it's good. Fresh anything is usually good. So, I wanted to preach about something fresh because, you know, sometimes, maybe in the last year or two, you just feel like nothing fresh has happened. You know, everything seems to be kind of negative and bad news and you know, are we ever going to get out of this? And is this ever going to end? And we kind of feel like we've plateaued or we're stuck in this, you know, like one of those little mice or rat that runs around and around on a wheel. But, you know, sometimes in the midst of all that, God breaks through and things change and we get this fresh injection of hope and a, go to a new level of faith in it, so. Um, but sometimes things happen you know, for God to get our attention. You know, we can be going along in this place and then thinking nothing's gonna change. It's just the same old, same old, nothing's gonna change. And then suddenly, God gets our attention. And I wanna just uh, read a couple of stories tonight. One out of the Old Testament and one out of the New. And uh, how God got the attention of um, these people and what happens after God gets our attention depends on our reaction or our response to him. And like I said, sometimes we're in this place where we feel nothing is changing and nothing can change. And it's always going to be the same. But, you know, when you know the Lord, things can always improve. So I'm going to look at a couple of examples here. And there was two kind of least expected interventions. One's a story the first story is about a man who's a fugitive on the run okay and he's hiding out in a foreign country so he's far away from home and things don't look good for him and he's in this certain place where it doesn't look like anything's going to improve or anything is going to change and the second is a group of people and it's about a group of sick men okay and so let's have a look at the first um the first guy you know i in all of it in all of their situations they probably thought everything is over for me it's all over this is nothing's going to improve that's it for me this is my lot in life okay so the first person we're going to look at is moses now moses was uh, born a hebrew And in that time, there was a Pharaoh who was trying to um, destroy all the young children, the young boys. And if you haven't read the story, go to the book of Exodus and read it. Anyway, Moses was amazingly preserved. And he was um, put in a little um, cane basket and floated down the river. And Pharaoh, the king's daughter, found him took him into the royal Egyptian household, totally out of his culture, totally out of everything. And he was raised in the Egyptian uh, culture in a different kind of household, in a royal household. And then as he grew up a bit, he began to feel his Jewishness and he wanted to help his people. And so, to cut a long story short, he saw that his people were being oppressed and one of the um, Hebrews was being beaten and so he killed one of the Egyptian um, overseers and so he finds himself on the run because he has killed someone and he shouldn't have. So he finds himself on the run, he goes to a foreign country, um, which is kind of in the area of Saudi Arabia right now, Midian. And so he goes there and he starts a whole new life. He's a fugitive, he can't go back home. So he has to start a new life. He's kind of undercover, keeping, you know, keeping undercover. He ends up starting a family there, and his father-in-law is a, a priest named uh, Jethro. And we actually did a, a did a little series on Jethro back a while back. So Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Okay, so he's going from a royal household being a prince basically in Egypt to tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back of the desert you know the desert's pretty bad but the back of the desert's probably worse and it said he came to Horeb the mountain of God that to me is pretty amazing so let's go through a little bit here is Moses He's, a foreign, he's in a foreign land, He has started a family there, but he doesn't have very much because he's just a shepherd. He's looking after the flock of his father-in-law. He doesn't really seem to have anything, but that's his job, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. He doesn't even own the sheep himself. So he doesn't have very much going for him. Then he leads the flock out into the back of the desert Very isolated, very lonely place. The desert. Horeb actually means desert. But interestingly, you can find yourself in a desert or a lonely, isolated place and get in that same place. There's the presence of God. The mountain of God is in that place, okay? It wasn't in Egypt. It was here, out in the desert. And he's been here doing this job For 40 years have you been doing your job for 40 years and it feels like you're in a desert and nothing's gonna change it just might change so this is just an ordinary day but it becomes an extraordinary day it says the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush and so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Is a bush that's burning, and he's not thinking anything about anything else. But why isn't the bush burning? Why aren't the leaves curling up? Why isn't anything dropping down? This is kind of unusual. You know, he's just, that's the way he thinks. You know, I'd be thinking, wow, what's going on here? Did lightning strike, what happened? He's just saying, why is it not burning? But the thing is, it got his attention. It got his attention. When everything had been kind of going the same for so long, suddenly the angel of the Lord, suddenly the Lord intervenes in his situation and Moses stops and he says I'm gonna take a really close look here I'm gonna pay attention okay so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look God called to him from the midst of the bush and said Moses Moses he said here I am this is amazing. This is the first time that God has spoken to Moses. The first time he spoke to him and he called him by name. Can you imagine, Moses out in the middle of the desert, there's a bush on fire, it's, not, it's on fire, but it's not burning. And then suddenly this voice comes out and calls him by name. It's like, woo, <laughs> what is going on here? And it's, it's like, here I am. What else can you say? What else can you say? But the interesting thing is it says when the Lord saw that Moses actually paid attention, when Moses, see God did something and he waited for Moses to do something. If Moses was just like, ah, oh, cool, and just kept walking, this might not have happened. But he didn't. He stopped and he made a decision. I'm going to take a closer look. I'm going to pay attention here. Something's going on and then God moved God spoke okay and then the Lord said do not draw near this place like hang on stop don't come any closer do not draw near this place take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground wow like Moses is coming over to have a look and he's like no no stop Stop right there. Take your shoes off. This is a holy place. It just looks like a desert with a burning bush, but this is a holy place. You know, wherever you are and God turns up, that is a holy place. It can be your office. It can be on the bus. It can be in the desert. But it's a holy place when God turns up. And so what seemed very ordinary suddenly becomes extraordinary. And not only that, this is what God said. His instructions was, take your shoes off. This is a holy place, and I'm a holy God. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face like, whoa. I'm in the presence of God. If I look at him, I might catch fire like the bush. For he was afraid to look upon God. Suddenly he was like, wow, this just isn't some apparition or something that I don't even know. This is God. This is God speaking to me. The God of my fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. So what is he doing here? Wow, Moses was probably thinking, wow, God has come to save me. Yay, great day. This is what the Lord said. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So he didn't say, Moses, love you going to get you out of this place, going to take good care of you. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I'm going to deliver you, Moses. He said, I have seen the oppression of my people. This is the first time he calls Israel my people. He said, I've seen the oppression of my people. I've heard their cry because of the taskmaster, the Egyptians who are oppressing them and i know their sorrows wow see what a personal god he is he said they're my people just like he says you're my daughter you're my son you're my people he cares about his people he said i've seen what's going on i've heard the cries of their heart i've heard their prayers and i know their sorrows in other words i feel what they're feeling. That's how much he cares. So he didn't say, Moses, I've come to set you free. I've come to save you. He said, I've come to deliver my people. And of course, after this, uh, there's quite a long conversation. (laughs) And Moses says, I can't do that. I can't go back there. They won't listen to me. I can't even talk properly. He's basically saying, you know, I'm just not qualified for this. And God says, look, it's going to be okay. I'll be with you. I'll show you what to do. I'll give you your brother Aaron. He will help speak for you. He'll be your mouthpiece. Everything's going to be fine. My presence will go with you. And then after some back and forth conversation, Moses is going, okay, I'll do it. If you're going to be with me, I'll do it so his response was exactly what god was looking for you know when god visits us and we have that kind of conversation we need to say okay you win (laughs) i'll do it and it's not all about me sometimes we think it's all about us but it's not it was for god's people it was for God's purpose. It's always way bigger than what we think. Way bigger than what we think. So, you know, that's a wonderful story. I love it. You know, he, he probably had no hope. He'd been there for 40 years. 40 years. He's 80 years old now. That's why he was like, oh, I can't do this. God said, you can. You can. And so fresh hope rose in his heart. You know, let fresh hope rise in your heart. You might think, I can't, nothing's going to change. But when God comes on the scene, everything can change. The next story I want to look at is um, something that's not quite as dramatic as this. It wasn't a burning bush kind of scene and the voice of God coming out it. But it was God coming onto the scene. And Jesus was going about ministering. in Luke 17 it says as he went to Jerusalem he was on the way to Jerusalem he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee then as he entered a certain village there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us Okay, so God turns up again. He turns up again. Here he is in Jerusalem, on the way to Jerusalem, and he's in a certain village. He's going through a village, okay? There's 10 men there. They are lepers, which means they are social outcasts. They have a disease that, that classifies them as unclean under the law. So they cannot socialize, they're in total isolation. They're totally isolated, they have to keep, that's why they're standing far away. They're standing far away, and they are yelling out, loudly, lifting up their voice, Jesus! So he hears them, okay? It's just like God turned up, and then he waited for Moses to do something. Now Jesus turns up, and what happens? they begin to say, hey, Lord, don't forget us. Have mercy on us. And so, of course, he does. And then he gives instructions, just like the instructions came to Moses. Here's the instructions to these ten lepers. When he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priests. He didn't pray for them, he didn't lay hands on them, he didn't touch them. He just said, go on, off you go. (laughs) Go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. He gave instructions, they obeyed the instructions, and as they went, they were cleansed. Why did he say, go to the priests? You know, when you were healed, when you were healed of leprosy, that's when you went to the priests, okay? You took your sacrifice to the priest, and when you were healed, you took a sacrifice to them, and it was just like, that was saying, yeah, I'm negative now, I'm tested negative, basically. So I'm here, (laughs) that's basically what they were saying. But these guys are still testing positive. And yet Jesus said go as if you've tested negative already. In other words, have faith. Have faith to go. Have enough faith to go. And so as they did, they took a step of faith, but they would also would be hoping, wow, I hope this works. I hope this works. <laughs> okay? So he said go and show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. And you think, wow, this is a fantastic story. Okay, then one of them, when he saw he was healed, like, whoa, whoa, I'm healed, he returned. So he went back to Jesus and with a loud voice glorified God. He didn't say, look, look, I'm healed. It's like, God healed me. I'm free. Look at me, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. <laughs> he wasn't one of the Jews. It says, and he was a Samaritan. Does that mean the others were Jewish? Who knows? It doesn't tell you. It just says he was a Samaritan, one that you would least expect to be so grateful and to worship the Lord like that and be so grateful. He came back, the one. And Jesus answered and he said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the the other nine? Where's the nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? This, This Samaritan came? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So what do we see here? One that was least expected came back grateful. Gratefulness matters to the Lord. Gratefulness matters to the Lord. He said, Where are the other nine? Where are they? He was disappointed. Ungratefulness disappoints the Lord. And then he said to this guy, arise, like come on, get up, off you go. Your faith has made you well. And you think, but he's already well. No, he's cleansed. His body is healed. And so are the other nine. Their bodies were healed. But their hearts were still sick. They were still ungrateful. They still did not return to say thank you. So this man gets the extra. His body is healed, he's cleansed, and he says, you are well. You are spiritually well. Deep, deep within, you are healthy. You can be healthy on the outside, but very unhealthy on the inside with attitudes and ingratitudes and all kinds of things on the inside. So, this one was healed, he was cleansed, and he was well, he was well. So, you know, what's the difference between faith and hope? We see faith and hope here, the words interchanged. Faith is basically based on the reality of the past. Our faith is in what has already happened or what God has already done for us or for someone else or in His Word. That's what our faith is in. Our faith is in God and what He's done. Okay. Hope, what is hope? Hope is looking to that becoming real in the future. Hoping for something. I have faith that it will happen but I'm hoping that it's going to happen. There's a difference, okay? They're different. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. Okay, I just want to give a couple extra scriptures here about hope, because we're talking about having hope when it seems like things were hopeless. In Job, remember what Job went through? The struggles he went through? And in chapter 14, which is like, kind of at the beginning of what he was going through, and maybe at the pinnacle of his pain in Job 14:7, he says this there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease I love that verse you know sometimes people and things and life will cut us down we feel like things have been chopped off But you know what, it can spring up again and so can hope. We should never lose hope. There's hope for a tree when it's cut down that it can sprout again. So no matter what happens in our lives, we can spring up again, we can sprout again, new life. And in Ephesians chapter two, talking about that, Paul was saying to the people. He said, at that time, you were without Christ. In other words, you didn't know Jesus. You weren't believers at that time. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. In other words, you didn't belong. There was no belonging. There was no understanding. There was no covenant. There was no commitment to the Lord. And then he says, having no hope, and without God in the world. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have hope. You don't have God. That's what he's saying. That's what you were like. That was your past. But now, in Jeremiah 29, one of the favorites, God says this I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil to give you a future and a hope we don't just have hope he gives us hope he gives us a future he gives us these things so no matter what we can have success in our lives because of him he gives us those promises amen You know, there's things that God wants to do in all of our lives. And no matter where you're at right now, you might think that nothing's changed for a long time. You might think nothing's ever going to change. But I tell you, when God comes on the scene and it's His timing for you, everything can change. Just like it did for Moses and just like it did for those outcasts, a fugitive and ten sick outcast men. And yet God did something wonderful in their lives. So how much more can he do something wonderful in our lives because we have received him? Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that there's things that you do want to do in our lives. And Lord, even though we may feel like we're languishing at at certain points, Lord, you do come on the scene, and you do want to get our attention. Father, help us to recognise your visitations. Help us to recognise. And then, Lord, when you give us instructions, help us to follow them, to obey you, and then to see the amazing things that you will do. Lord, we want to be like obedient Moses. We want to be like the grateful former leper. We want to be like faithful Job, who believed you. Help us, Lord, to exercise our faith in you and to receive fresh hope from you, even today. Just let fresh hope begin to arise in your heart right now. Let God come and deposit something fresh and something new in you. Things may seem to have been the same for so long, but believe God for the breakthrough to come. Believe God for that breakthrough to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. The Lord said, I'm the Lord, I change not. He's a blessing in the Old Testament. He's a blessing in the New, and he's a blessing to me, and he's a blessing to you. Amen? Okay, have an awesome week, everybody. God bless you online. And if anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you tonight. Otherwise, say hi to somebody and stay safe. Amen? God bless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's good. Yeah, good.